Dear children of God, welcome to this service we call Ash Wednesday. We begin our time together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll be having uh, Holy Communion tonight, so for those of you who are at home, which I'm assuming is most of us, because <laughs> it is very icy out, and uh, thank you for those of you who joined us, who braved the weather to be here tonight. Uh, I pray that whether you are here or home, that this uh, experience is one that uh, just hits your heart tonight. Um, we will be having Holy Communion, so if you are at home, uh, grab some bread and some wine or grape juice for following our time of confession. And if you are not with us in person and would like a more physical reminder of what we'll be talking about and experiencing tonight, I invite you to go find a black marker uh, for our time. Not to use on your forehead, don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a different plan for that, so... Uh, only announcement that I would like to share with all of you tonight is that uh, uh, we will be starting our next Wednesday night. We'll be inviting you to uh, a dinner worship experience. Starting at 6.30, we're going to be in the fellowship hall. Uh, we're providing food and everything else so that you can just come and be and, uh, and learn and, and have wonderful conversation. And it'll be worth your time, I promise. So bring your whole family. We just ask that you sign up online, either through our website or through our constant contact email, so we know how many to prepare for. And yes, that includes our confirmation students. You are still in class. You try, you can't get out of it yet. <laughs> With all that said, I invite you to stand as you are able. We now pray the prayer together that is on the screen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hate nothing that you have made, and you forgive the sins of all who come to you. Create in us new and honest hearts, so that truly repenting of our sins, we may receive from you the full pardon and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. We're going to jump right into our Bible reading for tonight. Uh, traditionally, I've always read from 2 Corinthians, uh, but tonight I've, I, just, I had this pull towards Psalm 51. Uh, it's one of these readings that I read every year to myself uh, on the day of Ash Wednesday, and I just thought I'd share that with you today as well. So, we're going to read most, if not all, of Psalm 51, starting in the first verse. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. Open, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give you a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight we will observe this somewhat strange yet very important service that we call Ash Wednesday. A day where Christians receive the cross of ashes on their forehead and are told that to remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. It's a practice that's gone on for for centuries, for over a thousand years. And although you won't find this day mentioned in the Bible, examples of using ashes can be found all over Scripture. You see, in the Bible, using ashes have always been a sign of repentance, a visible way to show God a desire to turn back to God, right? to be made right and whole once again. When Jonah warns the Ninevites to stop their evil ways, they sit in ashes. When Job is going through a terrible loss, he covers himself in ashes. And then there's Jeremiah, who calls for Israel to come back to God by rolling in ashes. I'm guessing for those of you here, you're probably pretty happy that we're just going to use our foreheads, right? (laughs) That's a lot of ashes. I mean, Jesus even mentions how saddened he is when certain cities are unwilling to repent, to put on their ashes, and to turn back to God. So you can see ashes have a very important role throughout a very long time to kind of be that symbol of our repenting, to getting ourselves right with God once again. So it begs the question, like, what's the deal with ashes? Why use ashes? I mean, ashes are burned, they're, they're spent, they're, they're black and gray and charred and useless. Ashes are universal. All things, when put into enough fire, when it gets hot enough, will eventually turn into ash. Ashes remind us that all things are temporary in our world, including us. Right? You know the saying, next to taxes... There's only one other certainty in life, and that is that one day you and I will be dust. And to dust we shall return. That our lives will be spent. In the book of Genesis, God tells Adam, Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. There's no mixed messages here. All human beings are given life, but in the same moment that we are taking our very first breath, we are getting closer and closer to our last. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. How about that?
for a wake-up call tonight, huh? This wake-up call hit me square in the face once again with the shooting at MSU this last week, right? As if we need a worship service to remind ourselves that we are mortal, that life is fragile. We get moments like that in our lives. That reminder that there are no guarantees that we're going to have all the time that we want to have. That reminder that life is filled with far too many uncertainties. That reminder that any moment could be our last. Which begs the question, how would you live if you knew that your days were numbered? Would you be more loving? Would you treat your friends differently? Your enemies? Would you make more time for family or for uh, your relationship with God? Would you be more mindful of suffering in the world and the imprint that you leave behind? Would you want to share more with those who don't nearly have as much? How would you live? How would you love? My mind races when I think of all that I would want to do or undo. (laughs) Of all that I would want to say or maybe apologize for saying. Every year for the past 15 years, I've read Psalm 51 on Ash Wednesday. Not always in worship, but at some point during the day, I am drawn to this amazing psalm. For me, it's such a good reminder that if I'm not going to get busy living, or (laughs) that, that... If I'm going to get busy living without taking things for granted, it starts by making things right with God. That's why David wrote what he wrote here. The beginning of Psalm 51 is a prayer for cleansing and pardon, and it's a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Okay, So he just made a very big blunder in his life to the point where he was finding disfavor with God And his life was turning into a disaster. And so David writes Psalm 51. I wonder if that crossed David's mind when he wrote this psalm. I mean, it's just really a big prayer. Have mercy on me, O God. Erase where I've done wrong. Cleanse my life. Create in me a clean heart. Put a new and right spirit within me. Let me be close to you and experience your joy. When I open my lips, let it be of praise to you. In all I do, let me honor you and share the love that you have shown to me. I mean, that's really the crux of that prayer of Psalm 51. It's a prayer asking for a new start a fresh perspective, a a chance to not take another moment for granted. And so here we are, Ash Wednesday. We hear this reading, we get this uh, uh, message in Scripture, and then we have these ashes. And these ashes tonight are a reminder that you and I are dust, that someday we're going to go back to being dust, that life is fleeting, that time is short. The ashes remind us that every moment past is one that cannot be be brought back to life. It's gone. As much as we want to go back, that moment's past. That time is spent. This is certainly part of our confession tonight. 
Following our sermon, we'll be having a mass confession where we all share this confession together. That we've made mistakes, that we have sinned and fallen short, that we've not always used our time wisely. And if that's all tonight was about, then as you would be coming down right after that to receive the imposition of ashes on your forehead, if that's all tonight was about, I would just make a big old thumbprint right here, like a big old black blob on your head, and you'd go back. If it was just about admitting that we are broken and dust and that life will be over, yes, wouldn't that just be awesome? But that's not what happens tonight. At least that's not all that happened tonight. Because tonight is so much more. Because when these ashes that are spent and without hope are mixed together with God's Word and then made into the sign of the cross, it changes everything. These ashes, these very, the very thing that symbolizes death now becomes a promise of new life when it's made in the sign of that cross. That God can and does reach into the ashes of our lives and cause a newness to begin. That we can dare to use this moment right now to get a new lease on life. To first get right with God and then to get busy living and loving and forgiving and helping and planting new seeds of life all around us. The cross is a reminder that yes, We may be dust, that dust that we are, we are still loved. Loved so dearly that God was willing to die for us. For you. So may you carry that with you tonight. Not only on your foreheads, but also on your hearts. May tonight be that moment, just like David, when we just confess and acknowledge everything before God to get it off of our shoulders and allow God's word of forgiveness to wash over us and to say, you are made new. May we hear those words. May we accept that invitation. May we dare to live like we don't know what could happen next. But we live without regrets. May this season of Lent be that beginning for us as we continue to to work on our relationship with God, with others, with ourselves, knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are loved. Can I get an amen? Amen. We continue our time with our confession. And so, dear ones, as a disciple and follower of Jesus, we are called to struggle against everything that leads us away from God and leads us away from our neighbors. Repentance, fasting, prayer, and works of love, these disciplines of Lent help us to get our minds, our bodies, and our very souls back on track and return to God. And so, I invite you, therefore, to commit yourselves to this struggle and let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For self-centered living and for failing to walk with humility and gentleness, 
Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For longing to have what is not ours, for the hearts that are not at rest with ourselves, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For misuse of human relationships and for unwillingness to see the image of God in others, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For jealousies that divide families and nations, and for rivalries that create strife and warfare, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For reluctance in sharing the gifts of God and for the carelessness of the fruits of creation, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For hurtful words that condemn and for angry deeds that harm, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For idleness in witnessing to Jesus Christ and for squandering the gifts of love and grace, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. At this time, come as you are and receive that reminder that you are dust and to dust you shall return. I invite you to come down the center aisle where I will impose the ashes upon your forehead. And just invite you to come as the Spirit leads you. For those of you at home, if you have that black marker around, I just encourage you to uh, put it somewhere where you can see it, right? To have that reminder that uh, we are broken, that yes, we are ashes and dust, and yet at the same time, God can use even that to bring new life. Come as you are able. We rise again from ashes for the good we failed to do. We rise again from ashes to create ourselves anew. If all the world is ashes then must our lives be true and offering of ashes and offering to you we offer you our failures we offer you attempts gifts not freely given 
the dream's not fully spent. Give all our sound direction. Give our vision wider view. And our of ashes. And our An offering of ashes, an offering to understand that uh, in some churches, uh, the confessing of our sins is only the beginning of the journey of Lent, and for 40 days, we're not forgiven, right? It's this whole journey of confession and pouring out. That's just far too long for me. Not if we're going to get busy living, because we're going to be making mistakes. We're going to need forgiveness. And so in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for you. And for His sake, God forgives you all of your sins. Through the Holy Spirit, God cleanses you tonight and gives you the power to proclaim the mighty acts of the One who calls you out of death, out of these ashes, and into new life. And so as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, And by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits or your bread and your wine or juice at home as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Amen. And because I don't want to miss it, we now pray the prayer that our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you, especially as we walk into this journey of Lent together. And may you live in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Let's have one final prayer before uh, we begin this experience of Lent. 
And so let us pray. Merciful God, accompany our journey through these 40 days to come. Renew us in the gifts of our baptisms, that we may provide for those who are poor, support those in need, fast from selfish desires, and above all, that we may rediscover our greatest treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. May you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. With that, tonight our service ends in silence. May we depart in peace.